four words that turn summer into autumn. Notre Dame versus Michigan. Two giants who first clashed way back in 1887. For over a century, mud-covered golden domers have tussled with the guts and glue of the maize and blue. Epic battles punctuated by legendary names. Well, hello there, college football fans, and welcome to another episode of the Fighting Wolverines podcast. This is your host, Michael Keeley, and I'm here with Dan Large. Dan, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, kind of crazy last few hours, though, in college football, so... Oh my gosh, this we is... We got uh, something to talk about. <laughs> this is wild. I know, it's funny, we, we didn't record one last week. Um, I, I don't know why, I just think we were both kind of busy, but um, we... Yesterday, we actually had planned earlier in the week to record this on Friday morning because we both had the day off um, for the holiday weekend. So we're like, let's get some coffee in us and let's uh, let's record this episode. And then yesterday, the news broke of USC and UCLA potentially moving to the Big Ten. And then by the end of the evening, it was basically done. <laughs> so um, really interesting times. Um, we're going to dive into that a little bit uh, for most of the show today. Um, and then we're going to talk about, so we'll talk about that and we're going to talk about a little bit of Notre Dame, Michigan, just kind of, you know, just general state of the program, like we usually do and, um, where things are, uh, Michigan, um, kind of struggling on the recruiting trail. There's been some, you know, issues with that, but it's, it's also still June. And then Notre Dame is kind of hot on the recruiting trail right now. Um, but also, you know, with early commits that could mean flips and all that stuff. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but let's start out because Dan is the resident Michigan fan here, and let's talk about. Uh, Even though both of us live in Michigan, but yeah, you know. I know. I'm close. I was well. Now I'm not. Technically, I still think I am. But when I where I grew up, I was closer to South Bend than I was. Yeah. Right. Suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I know. <laughs> we've already had that conversation, but nonetheless, um, since you know this is going to really affect Michigan and just like you know travel. All those different things. What are your initial thoughts on USC and UCLA joining the conference? Uh, well, geography standpoint, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Not <laughs> but, but uh, what I what I heard the cover three podcast covered it yesterday after it broke, and I listened to them, and they said it's just for the two main revenues: yeah. basketball and football. Yeah. Which it doesn't make sense for baseball because baseball plays like 50 games in a season. And, you know, if you add up, you know, traveling and hotels and all that, that's just expensive. So it's just the main two sports. So I guess I don't know. I don't I don't know this. And do you know, is it is it just are they just looking to move for those two sports or is it for everything? I guess I haven't heard that. Yeah, I just heard it's for a basketball and football, okay. which is. The main, you know, yeah. the main cash grab. So right. okay, so so then, so UCLA and USC are going to stay in the Pac-12 for like all the other sports. That's, I think so. Yeah. Okay. And uh, according to some people, they said that Oregon and Washington might end up joining. I the saw Big Ten they, as well. I saw that they requested um, yesterday, but I thought there was supposed to be a decision made by last night, but I didn't hear anything or see anything. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't think uh, UCLA and USC will join. I think there's some more to it. I think they'll try to go after maybe a couple more, make it like 20 teams in the conference. 
but add some more West Coast teams. So it's not just two teams. Right. And you, you got to kind of create a bridge out to the West Coast yeah. because, I mean, it really makes no sense to have. No, it doesn't. Have those I would games. love to see. I would love to see uh, one of those West Coast teams play like somewhere in November. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, Notre Dame has played USC in the late. I think I don't know if I can't remember if they've played in November. I feel like they played November at, at South. Well, they they've played each other at the end of the year, like last game. But yeah, but it's usually at SC when that happens. Oh, really? Okay. I, don't, I don't know if they do that when Notre Dame. I don't. I kind of now that I think about it, it's kind of shady that they don't because. You it's know. kind of like Florida not scheduling a road non-conference game, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see what the kind of you know, just how everything is shaping up. I think you could see, you know, this could be the start of super conferences, which have you heard rumbles of for quite some time now, um, and it just depends. Like, I think it's going to matter. Like, you know, big time programs out of each conference are going to want to probably move now because now like you think about the Pac-12 you've got Oregon and that's really it like Oregon's probably the biggest brand now and is the biggest brand for sure in the Pac-12 like after that though like who's the next biggest brand like Washington Oregon's not a massive TV market or anything like that that's why that's why USC and UCLA were such a big deal but like Oregon as a brand with Nike and all the uniforms and like you know having Nike straight across the road from their canvas is like is is a big deal. So it'll be interesting to see. The, I mean, I'm assuming stuff like that. Those bigger programs in each conference are going to want to move around. And uh, especially like well, Oregon, they're both pretty good in basketball and football. Yeah, and <laughs> you got the biggest brand out of the Pac-12 in football and USC. Yep. And the biggest basketball brand out of the Pac-12, and that's UCLA. Yeah. yeah. I would say, yeah, biggest brand for sure. Recency, I guess recency, they recency bias. I don't know if it'd be recency bias or just recent uh, success. They've been decent. You know, they made the Final Four that one year. But other than that, before that, UCLA kind of has been pretty rough at basketball. They haven't been very good. Yeah, they had, football, like, they had some with – Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love, they made back-to-back Final Fours, I think. Yeah, they were – That was the last then. time. Since then, it, honestly, until that last year it, when they went to the Final Four, they've been pretty awful. Yeah, so, the, bubble, the bubble tournament. Yeah, and I think they're a very good – you know, I think they're on the right trajectory now with, you know, like uh, what's his name as the coach? Um, Mick Cronin. Is Cronin the coach there? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's the – he's, you know, he's going to get them in, headed in the right – direction but um yeah so what are you what are your thoughts i guess just you know looking more i guess we've kind of talked big picture a little bit um maybe like more particular to like michigan like how do you feel about you know maybe a year game a yearly game where they you know maybe are every other year they have to fly out to southern cal or something like that well this whole combining the pac-12 and big 10 has really turned off uh the Rose Bowl relevance, like, yeah, that, that tradition is now really dead as well. Got to point that out. Uh, what was the question again? Just like how, how you think it, like, as a Michigan fan, what are your thoughts on just like going out to Southern Cal like every other year? 
or like having them come to you? What do you think about playing USC or UCLA? I mean, it's great for the sport, I would say, but I mean, it's not, I've seen Michigan do it from time to time at the beginning. I mean, they were supposed to go to Washington just two years ago, but COVID killed it. Right. Uh, and I mean, they played Washington a few times during the regular season, but mm. I mean, and state, I, state plays Washington this year at Washington. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing new for the Big Ten. I mean, Ohio State played USC not too long ago. They play like a couple years in a row. Yeah, I don't uh, like them playing necessarily. I mean, Michigan played USC, what, in the national championship game, right? And then, was that in 02? They played in the Rose Bowl. Did they? I thought they played each other in the national championship game. Maybe like years ago. <laughs> like, oh, this was like, oh, right before, like right when the USC started their big run with Pete Carroll. It was the Rose Bowl. They played a couple times in the Rose Bowl against each other. Went back when Carson Palmer was quarterback. Uh, that was like 03, uh, 04 or something like there. Chad Henney was quarterback. Gotcha. Yeah, it would have been around that time. Okay. Yeah, but, uh, I it, I think that necessarily it's not like earth-shattering that they play each other, but it's all. But it's also just like that year in and year out. Like, now they're a part of it. Like, you have to factor, you know, if USC turns a corner with Lincoln Riley, then it's like – now it's not just Ohio State that Michigan has to necessarily worry about, and even sometimes Penn State, and it's usually rarely Wisconsin or Michigan. And Michigan State's kind of, you know, been a thorn in your side a little bit, but that's just been like regular season stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But like to win the Big Ten, like it's been Ohio State, and now you might add another contender in there. Oh yeah, especially with Lincoln Riley. Yeah, like <laughs> I was considering them being a dark horse of making a the playoff just because Lincoln Riley's there and I don't view the Pac-12 as that tough maybe Utah but yeah I think the thing with them is that bless you just because just because I have been you know obviously a little bit followed the USC a little closer than than probably Michigan fans have just because we play them every year um they still have a lot of work to do and I'm not necessarily sold on Lincoln Riley as a football coach like I think he obviously you know, is a is a stellar offensive coach, but he inherited a freaking gold mine at Oklahoma. Bob Stoops left that program in, in awesome shape, and yeah, he made the playoffs a couple times, but he got smacked. And so it's just like, I he hasn't proven that he still can have a quality defense, and that's what you need, especially in the Big Ten. Like, you've got to be able to play defense, otherwise, you're not going to compete. You take a shot at USC and Lincoln Riley, I'm following up, take a shot at Ohio State. It's the same thing with Ryan Day. Exactly. I, I still have – like, I think Ryan Day is a, an amazing offensive coach. I really do. And this we can talk about this as we get closer to the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. But, like, last year – I mean, last year was his first probably, what, year with full his full roster. Yeah, like everyone's brought that up. Like, it's no longer Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer had a different I mean, dude, level of like, recruiting. I was looking at the 2018 roster and 2019 roster from Ohio State, and they had some flipping dudes, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. And you had Chase Young. You had Jeff Okuda. You had Sean Wade. You had yeah, Bosa. Yeah. I mean, just, like, like, dudes everywhere. And now it's like there's really nobody on that defense right now that scares me. I'll be no. honest with you. And even with the Ohio State changing defensive coordinators, the guy came from, like, they talked about he had a good 
he's had good track records, but yeah, I mean the Big Twelve is just a different league. It's all offense, really. Well, it is. I think, well, Jim Knowles has been around the block, and I actually the podcast I listen to they do like a, a question like mm-hmm. open forum type thing where you can post a question and they'll answer it. And I asked about that. I asked about like, is the Jim Jim Knowles hype overrated? And I appreciated their answers. Um, they they basically said that Jim Knowles is a really good defensive coordinator, and they know these guys know their stuff. Like they're they were coaches and stuff like that, so they they know the X's and O's, and they are they they believe he's an amazing defensive coordinator. But his his system they said is super complex, so it takes a long time for those. For the, might be a couple like, years. Yeah, it's like it's going to take a year or two for them to kind of get. I mean, you might see, start to see Ohio State like figure it out towards the end of the year, which doesn't bode well for you guys. But like, <laughs> but like beginning of the year, that's going to apparently it's a it's a tough scheme to understand. So I think I think the notion that Notre Dame is going to walk into this like yes, offensively, like I'm scared to death. Like I, I feel like at any moment they could just they could they could score. Like it just it. Literally, CJ Stroud could drop back and and drop it to Jackson Smith and Jig, but he's gone. Like, I or whoever five star receiver. Yeah, they have, no, so. I just like it. It's scary <laughs> to think about, but like when we're on offense, I think we can. I think we can run with him. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. We're kind of going down. Yeah, right, we're going right, off right now. <laughs> Let's go back to USC UCLA um, and the Big Ten. So, the Big Ten is known for its, you know. Fullbacks, it's multiple tight ends, it's weather in the later you know months of the uh, of the year when you're playing ball in the snow sometimes, and I think there's this notion that USC and UCLA are gonna you know they're not gonna know what to do with themselves when they're playing a November game possibly. Watch them when they make the schedule; they'll try to make like help them not play against like their big teams like later in that year, like at Wisconsin or anything like that. I hope they don't. I hope they make them play in the coldest. Make them play in, in uh, <laughs> Illinois and Northwestern in November, right on the lake there. Let them let them freeze to death. I would love that. <laughs> Some guy brought up is like, gosh, they need to make it happen. The Big Ten Championship first weekend of December at Lambeau Field. Oh, <laughs> so that actually brings me to another point. I saw a tweet that said um, that they're looking at a possibility of having the Big Ten Championship in L.A. How do you feel about that? Well, I guess, what is it at? Uh, SoFi. Yeah, SoFi. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did see that. I mean, I I guess it kind of makes sense if they're expanding, but. I feel like you don't do it. I mean, obviously don't do it there every year, but like maybe every other year. Maybe someday, yeah. Two or three because years. It's, it's been in Indianapolis since they've had it. Right. I, I saw know a lot the, of Michigan, like a lot of. Um, Big Ten fans that were like, like, no, that's dumb. We don't want to, you know, go out to California. Which, I mean, I don't really want to go to California either. But well, shoot, I wish they would. Uh, I mean, I think they will add a couple more teams. I don't know how many. I wish they would get rid of Rutgers in Maryland still, but <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's some definite moves that could be made. I guess. I've also heard, uh, I mean, his point, it looks pretty bright that it's going to happen is two power conferences of 20 teams each. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Kind of like an AFC, NFC type thing. Yeah. I mean, might as well. I mean, 
college football, college sports is just completely different now. Oh yeah, it's basically turned into the pros. I don't know if you listened to the Pate, the late late Pate show. No, Josh Pate. You know who that is. I I know who he is though. Yeah, yeah two four seven. Because I like I like his. He has some pretty good takes, and he uh, he talked about how like that's kind of where we're headed is like the pro type league with, you know, two, maybe two leagues, expand the playoff to 12, which, you know, we'll get it. I'll get into some Notre Dame stuff here in a little bit, but just like the traditionalist in me is not a huge fan of, of the, of the changing of the sport this much. But I mean, again, we don't really have much of a choice. I mean, money drives all of it. And so like, you know, we're still, there's still going to be the schools that we love. It'll look different. Um, and I guess there's only one way to find out, right? Like, we're only going to know if we hate it, you know, five years from now when things are way different. And we're like, man, I miss the Power Five conferences and all the yeah. bickering that we did about, you know, this loss and that loss. And, and but now it's like, it, initially, I think, and this is an, another broad topic, but I think that recruiting and the the basically the like the Alabamas of the world, like college has always been like there's always been like one or two just like main programs. Like for a long time, it was you know Notre Dame in the '80s, um, and even previous to that, you had Michigan. Like where, where they were, they were really good in like the '50s and the '60s, right? They had like. They had like long runs, kind of like similar to like what Bama's doing, right? Am I am I wrong on that? I don't know what decade it was, but and then they, uh, they were good in the early. They were good in like the in the nineties as well too, but like, but similar to like those those kind of like, like Nebraska. Yeah, those like Miami and like Notre Dame was good in you know they were good in the late eighties, early nineties, and then you had Miami in the nineties, and then you had you know it kind of it's it changed over over the years, and then Bama over the past you know however many years. And then you had Clemson sneak in and just, you know, you'll have these teams where it'll be kind of cyclical where it's like, I think if you were to switch to this two, two conference thing where you had, you know, like an AFC, NFC, and then you expanded the playoff, I think that it would actually stop that, that from happening as much. I think it would disperse because it would make it so that, um, it would make it so that there's more of like a level playing field and like, Hey, like, just because, like, kids right now, they say, okay, I'm, I'm a four high four-star recruit or I'm a five-star recruit. I know I can go to Alabama or I can go to even, you could still say Clemson maybe. I can go to Georgia. I can go to Ohio State. I know that they're going to, A, win a ton of games. They're going to put me in a position to get drafted. All these different things, right? Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you go there? Now, if once this if it happens where it goes to this two super conference type deal and then you end up having all these different factors, I I could see it leveling out to where it's like, we don't have to go to the Alabama to be a first round draft pick, a national champion. Like, I think it would spread out to where it's like, I can go to this team, I can make the playoff and I can possibly win a national championship with another team other than these one or two teams. Cause it's like, you only have four teams that get in every year. Like, yeah. over the last, you know, 12 or eight years that the college football playoff has been going, you've had an overlap. Common this, teams. Yeah, you've yeah. had the same teams. 
So it's like, why wouldn't those those kids are going to continually go to those programs because those are the teams that always make it. But if you expand it out to 12, you could see more kids saying, I can go to Notre Dame. You have a shot, yeah. I can go to, you know, Texas. I can go to here, and I can still make the playoff every year. I can have a shot at a national championship. And then I think it ends up uh, resulting in more parity. That's just a personal opinion thought. I don't know. You think people who are coming up with these ideas are – I think they are trying to do that, really. They're tired of the same old Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, whatever. Yeah, and like, and I think it me. I think it's money too. I think they're like, you know, oh, yeah. more TV more deals. Playoff, more playoff games means more money. So yeah, it's just, I mean, everything's about the money. Even yeah. even the whole TV deals that are going through right now. Right. Yeah, it's it's so. it's really interesting to see just like how it's all going to shape up and. Like, so I guess you can ask me the question now. I, we can transition into that. Um, that we like, you know, you know what I mean. On your Notre Dame, great. <laughs> on your Notre Dame sources. Yes. And I mean, that's a big thing now. I've I've seen it all over the place. Kind of the elephant in the room, so we can talk about it now. <laughs> um. So Notre Dame joining a conference. That was that was the that's the hot topic. For whatever reason, like, and I always laugh at this because, you know, whatever. People are always like, oh, Notre Dame, they play a shitty schedule. They suck. They're irrelevant. But as soon as all this goes down, that's all everyone freaking talks about. Notre Dame, it all it all hinges on what Notre Dame does. So if we're irrelevant, then why does it hinge on what we do? Like, mm. is that because that Notre Dame is a huge brand and that they throw when they start throwing their weight around, it's a big deal? I would say so. Okay, my thought on them joining a conference. I have said, over it, my early years as a Notre Dame fan, this was never really a topic because it just really didn't need to be. But over the last couple of years, you've had COVID where they joined a conference for a year. Um, which so they got, could play. Which got everybody <laughs> hot and pissed everybody off. Sure, I understand that. That's fine. Um, but then you also have, you know, now this, the whole the conference may be realigning, like USC starting the super conferences, all this stuff. I will say that I, I, over the past couple of years, I have not been opposed to Notre Dame joining a conference. I'm, I understand the tradition. I have cousins that would probably oh, yeah. punch me in the I know face I'm, for saying that. I know. So it's like. We get in the we get in arguments all the time about this. Like, and they'll they'll get pissed at me. Like, and as soon as it happens, if it happens, they'll they'll hate Marcus Freeman. I know they will. They'll they'll be like Marcus Freeman doesn't get it. It'll be uh, Tyrone Willingham and, and Charlie like, Weiss and Brian Kelly all over again. Pretty and it's much. just like okay, fine, like whatever. You can think that, but now this is where it gets interesting because. I actually thought about this. I was looking at someone's Twitter. It was a Notre Dame fan that was like talking about how we play a national brand, we na- national schedule for recruiting and it's important, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So if the Big Ten ends up adding Oregon and they, let's say they add a, you know, a Texas area well, school, right? Well, think about it. They have a team with Rutgers right now that's farthest east you can go. If adding UCLA, well, no, that's, USC. My, that's my point, is that... It's like covers the whole country now. Is that, so <laughs> now, much. 
now you go into a recruit's house and you say, well, we play a national schedule and it's the kids like, well, yeah, so do the big 10 teams because they play on the East and the West coast. So that kind of goes out the window, in my opinion, that point, that talking point of like, well, Notre Dame gets to play a national schedule. Like I used to think that, and I think it was true. Like big 10 was times are changing. Yeah. Yeah, Big. I mean, think about it. Other than Michigan and Ohio state, like who in the big 10 really pulls recruits from California? Like, no one really. Maybe a couple random times. Like, there's been a, a few random recruits. Maybe a quarterback has gone to a Big Ten school. Well, like Michigan has a huge al- alumni base, and a lot of them are out west too. Right. So that's that's something to think about for Notre Dame. Like that talking point kind of is moot. Like at this point. Yeah. So it's like now, <clears throat> I think what's going to happen. And what probably should happen is that Notre Dame needs, like, my friends have been texting me and they're like, they're like, oh, Notre Dame needs to figure this out now. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, they don't. They need They'll to figure s- it out. Eventually. They need to sit back. They need to let the dust settle. They need to figure out. I'm sure Jack Swarbrick, the AD, has been on the phone, on Zoom calls, meetings, whatever, trying to figure out what the best route for Notre Dame is. And I truly trust him to do what's right for Notre Dame and also that still holds that you know like Notre Dame tradition in high regard I I don't think that we're gonna end up in the Big Ten playing a you know just a a straight up Big Ten schedule which could happen I guess I don't know if it does I won't necessarily be that upset depending on where like if they keep this the two different sides I don't want to go on the side with Wisconsin and all them I want to be on the side with Ohio State Michigan and Michigan State just because it's tougher and it's, you know, more regional games. Wow, like uh, the Big Ten media days are like the end of this month, and I thought this was going to be the next big thing. Well, not adding teams, but I thought they were going to break it down, saying that the divisions were going to go away because conferences are starting to do that. Right. Did you see what the ACC just did? Yeah, they they were the last team that they're having a new schedule for a man and everything. Dude, that, I think the Big that, Ten was going to go to that eventually. That whole thing is awesome. I absolutely love the way that they the did that. Pac twelve is doing it this season. Yeah, which and it should. It be makes sense way. if you're a commissioner for that conference. Well, you we, want your best chance to be in the playoff. The guy I work with, um, one of my work buddies, he's uh, he's a Michigan State fan, and we were talking about the Big Ten and how every year it's it's Ohio State. Usually, Michigan. Yep, well, yeah, Michigan. This last year, it's been. I think it was Michigan State a couple years ago, and then it's always Northwestern, Wisconsin. The other team, like on the other side, doesn't really deserve to be there. Like, let's just be real. Well, like uh, they showed that on Fox Sports. Like all the well, ever since they went away from the stupid legends and leaders divisions. Yeah. They did that for three years. So since 2014, they had East and West. Yeah. The East division team has won every year, yep. which largely is Ohio State. Michigan State won it back in 2015 when they played Iowa. Both teams mm-hmm. were like – I think Iowa was undefeated, yeah. right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the goal, I think that was that year. Okay. But, yeah, like Wisconsin, Northwestern, they had like two losses or three losses. You don't want that team winning. Well, think about think about Michigan State's case this year. Like, you're the only team who beat the Big Ten champion, and you're not playing them in the Big Ten championship. That's bullshit. Like, 
you can say what you want about it, but like it should not have been Iowa. Iowa should not have been in that game. It should have been. I mean, you could even say that Ohio State should have been in that game before Iowa should have been in that game. Well, yeah, they said that the same thing. Like if they did by like there had been a lot of rematches. That's how the Big Twelve is. No I think every Big Twelve championships a rematch, and the season team that lost would win in the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, I. So what? Like they're the yeah. two best teams. It should not be. It, no, it shouldn't be the divisions. It should be all one thing. Yeah, the like Michigan. If they had done that earlier, Michigan would have been in like two rematches with Ohio State. They would have played Nebraska back when Ohio State was ineligible. Right. So like. And but the a lot of the other ones are actually it would have been the same from the divisions because Wisconsin's been good, yeah. You know they've been right that close, but they always lose to Ohio State in the championship game. Yeah, it's like majority of people, but they want to avoid that nine and three team that would upset maybe eleven and one, eleven and zero Michigan, twelve and zero Ohio State, ruining their chance of making the playoff and. If you're a commissioner, you want your best team in. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what. 100%. So, back to the Notre Dame conference talk. I will say this. <laughs> this will be my last point on it because I don't I don't know if I made necessarily a clear, like, stance on it. So, either way, part of me is like, okay, I want, I want them – like, I wouldn't care if they join a conference. I guess I don't want them to. I just wouldn't care. Like, whatever. Fine. We'll play in the big – if I if they do join a conference, I want them to join the Big Ten. I don't want them to join the ACC because I don't think I think SEC. No, I don't want to play in the SEC. I I could see I could see Clemson having their foot out the door. Now the only way I would be up, be like more apt them playing in the ACC is if Florida State and Miami got back to being better. Like if they get if they with Norvell and with Cristobal, if they end up get back to like the Florida State and Miami of old, then yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. Like I would I would be like Notre Dame, Clemson, Miami, and Florida State, like all really good storied programs. Let's do it. Like that would be sweet. But if that does if that doesn't happen, which I don't really see it happening right now necessarily, um, or anytime like really soon, I would say the Big Ten, just because you have a lot better teams and you know just more regional games like. You know, it used to be it was every year Notre Dame played Michigan and Michigan State, and I loved that. Like, even though I hated the Michigan game because there was always so much riding on it, I just I was. You guys great. play like Purdue and well, yeah, usually Purdue. It seems like Purdue was, was a good opponent for you. Yeah, we play. I mean, they're in state. You play Purdue a lot. Uh, we did like never play Indiana, which is weird. Um, yeah, that is kind of weird. And then basketball, you do. <laughs> yeah, we usually play the Crossroads Classic. In that, yeah. um, but yeah, so I back to my original point was that I I don't I won't be like pissed off if they join a conference, but I also kind of want to be like play devil's advocate and like I want them to stay independent because I want everybody to just hate us because <laughs> it's like oh it won't matter you people will still hate you no well, I know what. I know right? <laughs> but it, even but regardless dude if they stay if all this shakes down and it goes to like two or three massive super conferences and Notre Dame stays independent dude people are going to hate Flip out. <laughs> like people will hate them and I'll be like you know what bring it on let's go like yeah. we'll still play 12 games and we'll still make it we'll still make it in the playoffs. <laughs> you play like two conferences <laughs> you're in the between <laughs> yeah so it 
you know, it, it's all. I, I think what, like I said, what Notre Dame has to do is they've got to they got to sit back, they've got to, um, they've got to just let the dust settle and see what happens, and then just like Swarbrick is going to make the best move. He's he's in all the major committees. He's in the co- I mean, he's part of the college football playoff like committee, like who decides like all those different rulings. So he's got his foot in all those doors. And oh yeah. He's gonna oh, do- I wouldn't be surprised if like they're calling him right now or he's yeah wheeling and dealing i mean what i've heard source sources right they said uh ucla and usc is the one who went directly to the big 10 yeah said it, we want to leave yeah and it's not and to it's also the counter what texas and oklahoma did right let's not forget that that was the first really big domino that like yeah started it all and i so. don't think that you're gonna see like you know I think I think Notre Dame is gonna re, it's gonna re, keep its independence as long as it possibly can, and let's be real. If they stay with a fourteen playoff, I could see Notre Dame potentially being forced to join the conference. Okay, now I'm thinking. <laughs> now I'm thinking through this, and all. There's also the point that where you if you. If you have less power five conferences, you have less power five champions. So that's always been the thing was like, if there's only three like major conferences, you're only going to have three conference champions. So like that argument doesn't hold as much weight where it's like, well, Notre Dame doesn't play in a conference game. Well, there's not as many anymore. So like, I don't know, that could play a role. But if they, regardless, if they expand to 12, I don't think there's any real reason other than money that Notre Dame would, would move, mm-hmm. would join a conference because it's like, okay, sweet. We could lose to, we could lose two games a year and still make the playoff. I seen a, uh, one guy from cover three podcast. He was talking about Notre Dame. If they join, there is something where uh, I think Notre Dame has agreement with ACC that they can't join the con- uh, conference. Yeah. They, they have to, They'll have, they have to buy figure, out a conf- contract. Yeah, they'd have to figure all this stuff with it because they have that soft uh, agreement with the ACC with like the five games or whatever. So you have but, to. But the guy was like saying, like, really, if you think about it, if you join, a say, the Big Ten, if you join that conference like in 2024, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to pay back all this stuff you had to pay yeah. the ACC. Well, and let's be real. It's going to be all money. The ACC needs Notre Dame more than Notre Dame needs the ACC. Like, yeah. if they want to break, now. if they want to sever those ties, then it's just it is what it is. Like, but again, I don't know. I've seen a lot of stuff lately that points to Notre Dame joining the Big Ten, which would be really interesting. And you know, all the people from the '90s are like, finally. <laughs> yeah, right. They're like, we've been saying this for years. It's about time. Yeah. So, Anyway. I mean, I always, like, yeah, I'm on that boat. I always wanted Notre Dame in the Big Ten more than Nebraska. Right. Like, they should have been that 12th team and just leave it that way. But it's just going with the times. That's, you know, it's not your dad or grandfather's college football anymore. No, but I think that's a good that's a good way to end it, like that we can just put a bow on at least what it is right now and just say we're going to keep tabs on it and – you know, we'll just keep watching. And like I said, we have to let, let the dust settle because, I mean, it's brand new right now. So there's going to be a lot more to come. More is coming. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, the, we still have a lot of summer left, and I'm sure there's going to be some changes that, you know, people are going to want to get on. I think that that was a major domino last night, and, like, I think it's going to just start. There's going to be things that happen. People are going to want to move, get out of certain deals, um, and college football is going to look completely different. And definitely 2024, like 2023 will probably – next year will probably – these next two years will probably be relatively similar to what we all are used to, but come 2024, things are going to be pretty wild, I think. So, Yeah, and you have the teams joining the Big 12, those four or five, yeah. BYU and Houston. Hmm. It's crazy. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think we can, we can cut the talk about that for now. Um, but let's uh, move on to some state of the program stuff and talk about um, Michigan Notre Dame, just kind of where we see things headed. Um, what it, let's start out with Michigan. Oh, the the school that's not doing much. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot to talk about, unfortunately, for you guys right now. Um, well, there are a lot of prospects. Like I was going through it this week, there are a lot of people that are committing today that I mean some should be committing to Michigan. I saw that Enal Edda guy or whatever. Yeah. He was projected to to be a pick or he was gonna pick Michigan today. Yeah. And they had a decommit the four star linebacker Wilson, Raylan Wilson, he decommitted. But oh, it sounds like there'd been crystal ball for a couple of other four star linebackers to fill the void. But it's just strange because they didn't have a single commit in April or May. Right. It was like, and again, I, I think that, I think for Michigan, people were like, it's just June and stuff like that. But I feel like it's just, it was different than. Well, it's it July now. I was going <laughs> to say, it's not, it's it's just June, sure. But like. The way things were, are headed and like the the direction of the program as far as recruiting goes, looks pretty rough right now. Like and, it is, and then it's... I mean like and again you don't you don't have to hate Michigan or you don't have to love Michigan to like have that unbiased thought process. Like I even saw some Michigan Twitter accounts that were like, "Yo, dude, what the frick is going on?" Like yeah, I've seen it all over the place, and like like there's so many things. Well, like. They talked about the current roster, like we're, you know, pretty deep, but it's just this recruiting phase that's just, it's just a mystery. And we throw in everything, like how Michigan's uh, handling the NIL situation. It's not like, you know, Notre Dame's doing pretty good at it, apparently, (laughs) recruiting wise. I mean, they've had like Brady Quinn set up that whole thing. I don't remember what it's called. It's like an acronym, I think. Um, Yeah. Whatever. But it's like, yeah, you have like, and you can still like they're still doing it the right way there where they're not saying like oh okay, yeah. you sign with us you're gonna get x amount of money it's like okay you come here these are what we have in place for you to succeed in the nil world and it's yeah. like michigan has that right has that right now and harbaugh like i know like the whole flirting with the nfl thing's probably hurting them oh it did 100 percent it's hurting him and it's not just the nil but i think he's still like he wants like he loves his three-star recruits which i mean it's fine but if you want to go win a national championship and be consistent winning the big 10 you need to get those big star players you need to put more pursuit on those 
because they lost out on CJ Carr, who I think that's kind of a mixed reaction because like I think last episode we went over it more, but yeah. But uh like more stuff that I've heard about it. I don't think Michigan was really trying to get him as much as people are trying to say. Well, I think what it was was I think I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think they kind of saw the writing on the wall, so they just stuck. Yeah. Because ever, cause the, the guys that I follow and, like, on the message boards, they were, like, CJ Carr was ready to commit to Notre Dame in, like, February or March. And his dad pumped yeah. they were He was like, whoa, like. Let's test the waters. Yeah, that's what I heard. other places to make sure. And then it was like. Like CJ was like finally after that Irish invasion camp was just like that. I'm like, I'm, I want to make, I want to commit. I'm ready. Yeah. And it, like they always point out, like, you know, CJ's, the, his grandfather is the coach at, used to be the coach at Michigan. But people always forget what, how Lloyd Carr left Michigan. They, like, fans and writers and everything, they drove him out. Yeah. Like they, I mean, he retired. Like you got the Appalachian State game. Right. Then the very next week, you get blown out by Oregon, and that's when he announced that this was his final season. But yeah, like those two weeks were like just hell for him, I'm sure. Right, and you ended up like you ended up kind of like he was he was running out of like he was done like his his coaching career was coming to an end. Their problem was like well, not only the hiring who they hired and everything, but like the process of it, they should have had someone waiting in the wings, maybe more, but that was some other discussion. (laughs) Yeah. Because like the West miles was a hot name at that time. Then some people said that was going to happen, but Kirk curb street screwed it up by announcing that he was going to go to Michigan and the LSU people like jumped right on that and gave him like, you know, it pretty much made it like halt right there when it should have happened. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting time and with, <laughs> with Michigan. And I think that, I mean, I won't, I won't lie to you. I do. And I do enjoy some of the struggle that they're going through, but, um, but I know it's not like as much as I think that they are, you know, I think this is just temporary. Like, if if Harbaugh can like go out and like do have another good like good to decent season this year, and then he, if he like makes it known that's like okay I'm not going anywhere like Michigan's my spot like I'm gonna end up here, then I think a lot of, like they'll get back on track to where they were. But I just think that like him being so like flirtatious with the NFL and like basically like I mean if the Vikings didn't turn him down he was he was gonna go to the Vikings yeah so like. Like, it's hard to walk into a recruit's house and be like, you know, hey, like, you know, I want you to come to Michigan. And they're like, yo, dude, like, are you going to be here next year? <laughs> like, type of thing. So I think if he if he can kind of set in stone, he's like, nope, like, I, I, I know that was that was a poor choice on my on my part. Like, I'm going to be at Michigan till I'm done coaching or type of thing, which I guess, you know, there could always be an offer that could change that. But it'll be interesting this well, this month now, as we're approaching August, <laughs> I think I think this season. I know this seems a little bit like a hot take, but like I think the season for Michigan is really big in the sense that, like, if he does really well, I think you could see Michigan just like kind of take off a little bit. 
But if he does, if you guys, if you guys have like three or four losses, it could. Well, be, yeah, he like, could be on the hot seat. Like it could get my real- early. I mean, my early prediction for their season, based on who they have, like who's coming back and all that. I mean, there's no excuse for not winning at least ten games. Oh yeah, I would agree with that. I think that you lose, probably lose to Ohio State again. They might lose at Iowa. Yeah, you, I mean, they're tougher. I mean, their two tough games are at Iowa, fifth game of the season. Yeah, and at Ohio State, but like. They have Penn State and Michigan State at home. Yeah. So I think, you know, I'd say I would say you probably lose Ohio State and then you drop either the Penn State, uh, Iowa, or Michigan State game. Yeah. Those are my guesses, too. Two but... losses in that realm. And, you know, the, those other, like, Ohio State's the only one for sure. I think they're going to be, like, a little ticked off about what happened last year. So and I, I feel like that game is also, like, I think Ohio State, like, I think more pressure's on them this year than Michigan is. I know Michigan won it last year, but right. Ohio State's been dominating the Big Ten for decades now. So, I mean, it, Ryan Day has to kind of shut up the critics of, like, hey, like, you kind of got beat up last year in some games. Like, yeah, even games they won, like, yeah. but the two losses that stood out, but they even, yeah, they weren't physical last year, I don't think. And their defense did suck. The last two years. It was awful. It was so bad. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But um, Michigan is, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more as the summer goes along. And um, and we'll kind of get our, we're going to do some, uh, you know, season. We'll go through the schedule and all that stuff and we'll talk about records and what we think is going to happen. Um, so now we'll finish off. I'll just kind of go through some Notre Dame stuff quick. Um, Notre Dame is, I mean, kind of the opposite right now they're they're pretty hot on the recruiting trail actually this this weekend is nuts they had a they had a commit from the 24 class from a four-star wide receiver on wednesday they had uh for some he's a five-star in one recruiting site offensive lineman recruit or uh commit yesterday they're poised to get a recruit today I believe, and then they take Saturday off, and then they get one on Sunday, and then one on Monday. <laughs> so, like, five recruits committing in one weekend, like, one like week, I guess, half week, is pretty pretty awesome. Um, and like I said, you know, a lot can change from now till signing day. Like, you still have, you know, five months or so to make sure those kids stay in the class. What's that? Uh, I was just looking at the football recruiting rankings. Yeah. I just noticed, like, Alabama's not even doing anything right now. I thought they – I saw they were, like, top five in one of the sites. Maybe it was 247. No, 247. They're ninth in the S- – no, they're uh, fourth in the SEC. They only have nine commits. Yeah. They so, rounding out the top five, like, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas, Clemson, and Penn State are top five right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alabama's quiet. Bama always does that. They they can have kind of whatever they want, if you like. Yeah, really. So they can just kind of wait. But um, Look at Wake Forest, 23rd. That'll drop. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a lot that'll change. It'll look different oh, yeah. at the time. Because, like, right now, people, the end of this month. A lot of those programs get the, you know, the three stars, and it bumps their, like, total score up. 
but then eventually the five stars start committing and then it just kind of it all yeah. orders back out but i mean i guess right now state of the program is still really high dante moore has he's, tra- he's trended away from notre dame i thought for sure they were going to get him um and i think i think i think it was legit like a lot of people were saying he was going to commit in the spring and then he kept pushing his recruitment back because I have there's a there's a story that's going to come out um, from the 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 site that I follow, and I don't, I'm not going to like I'm not going to spew it out like on here as w- when I finally read it, but because that's not that's not right. I'm not going to just like their inside info. I'm not going to run with it on our show, but like rumor has it is that his dad has been involved like with trying to get like a high deal or he Dante wanted to commit to Notre Dame. That was like a big thing. Dante was ready to commit to Notre Dame. And then I feel like someone, a couple people in his circle were like, we need to find the highest bidder type of thing. And so then he started taking all of his, he pushed it back to the summer and he's like, I want to take my official visits. Then he went to A&M, he went to Oregon, like all these places that are spewing out money and now he's he's a crystal ball to Oregon. So mm-hmm. that was a that's a big loss for Notre Dame. I'm not gonna like act like Notre Dame didn't want him or anything like that. Like, dude, that sucks. He was he's a he's gonna be a special player, I think. So um, bummer that they they're gonna lose out on him. But they're gonna end up. I think they'll end up getting a top ten quarterback. I think they can flip a top ten quarterback in the twenty three class. Still, um, I have hopes for that. So they get a decent quarterback, and then the rest of the class is freaking awesome. So 23 is going to be – I think it'll be a top-five class. And then they already got off to a great start in 24. They have the number one class. I mean, it's the number one class in 24 right now, but that doesn't mean anything. So, uh, yeah, I just think that right now the momentum is high. But, again, I love it. I'm super excited about all the recruiting, you know, because Freeman is just – a He's a savage on the recruiting trail, but he got to win games. <laughs> so, like, it's not going to matter if he goes out and goes to the horseshoe and can, you know, at least compete. If it's the fourth quarter game and Notre Dame is in it, I think people are going to be like, all right, this is legit. But if he goes out there and, and they get just, like, waxed by, like, 30, and it's just going to be like, okay, like, I still think he'll get somewhat of a pass. It's all his first year for crying out loud. Young head coach, first time head coach. Like he got, but I just think he's got his team has to show fight. They've got to show the willingness to compete, which I think they will. But yeah, he's got to he's got to win games. He's got to he's got to put a good product out on the field for me to be like fully sold and excited about about what's happening. So we gotta give him time. Yeah, I don't want to give him time. I want him to be there right now, but we'll see. You never know. I am a big fan of his, and I think he's going to end up doing what Brian Kelly never really could. I think he's going to end up winning the national championship. But Has there ever been like a – I don't think so. I mean, definitely not saving. Well, in the playoff era, I guess there really hasn't been like a first-year head coach taking his team to the playoff. Maybe Ryan yeah. Day, but who cares? Ryan Day did it. Um, I'm pretty sure Lincoln Riley did it. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, I'm trying to think of people. I like. I don't think it's that ridiculous for him to do that. I mean, Notre Dame has a really talented roster still. And yeah, their defense is loaded. Dude, it's nuts. Just like my thing, like it's kind of opposite with Michigan. Like Michigan, I think they're loaded on offense, but yeah. their defense is suspect. For Notre Dame, it's the complete opposite for right. me. Yeah, because that quarterback position is the most important one. <laughs> yeah. For Notre Dame, I think if Buckner lives up, then right. you guys should be good. Dude, if Buckner if Buckner can play up to his like what he was originally a five star before COVID and like he didn't have yeah. a senior season, dude, if he plays well, if he goes into the shoe and just like shows people like, yo, this is the real deal, like <laughs> I Notre Dame could make a run. I, I really believe that because their defense is going to be good enough. But it all hinges. It really all hinges on him. No pressure, like. You literally are the reason they would be, you know, a playoff team or not. But if he plays well, it could be really fun. So yeah. we'll see. But a lot to a lot to see and a lot to wait wait on for this summer. But we'll be back um, hopefully next week at some point um, and try to see if there's anything more that's happened with all the conference realignment and all that stuff. Um, and maybe Michigan lands some some commits today. And the first like a uh, commit starts at starts declaring at noon. Okay. So maybe there might be some movement from Michigan, hopefully. All right. But yeah, we'll uh we'll report on that when we record again and whatever else has kind of happened in the in the world of college football. But nonetheless we'll have to decide on what to do about our future. Like I mean I would like to do what we did last year of doing the schedule. Yeah. Like week by week. Kind right. of thing. We're we gonna start that about a month before the season, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So probably in August, like start of August ish. Yeah. I would maybe say end, that would be a good time. Maybe, maybe end of July. Um and then we'll We don't have there. to do we can do like a couple weeks at a time. Yeah. We'll go through maybe like a quarter of the season at a time. So um but yeah, nonetheless, have a ha- happy holiday weekend. Enjoy your day uh, days off, four day weekend. And uh Enjoy some whiskey, maybe. I'm going to enjoy a beer or two. Um, hanging out with some friends, so I'm excited. But anyway, uh, let, if, you're, if you're listening via podcast, which I think is the only way you can listen to this, um, make sure you share it and like it and leave a review and all that good stuff so we can reach some more ears. But uh, anyway, we're signing off, so have a great holiday weekend.